What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. My name is Dave Taylor, and thanks for joining us for the uh, review of WWE's Extreme Rules. Holy cow, the uh, 2022 version was quite extreme at moments. Not like old school ECW Extreme, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about the show in just a moment. Uh, thanks for uh, checking this out. Again, we're Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat, FM 99 to 106.9, the Fox's only wrestling podcast. You can find us. At FM99.com or 1069tofox.com under the media tab, you'll see ESPR there. You can check out some of our previous episodes. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, ESPR99. And uh, you can email us if you want to, uh, ESPR at FM99.com. And you can listen to us many different ways as you're doing that now. SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, however you want to do it, uh, Spotify. We're there, too. Uh, just give us a follow. Give us a subscribe so you know when we got new episodes. Appreciate you checking this out. And uh, I tell you what, I was, I was entertained uh, for the most part last night for uh, Extreme Rules. And he, all those little hints, you know, we got all throughout the, all the last couple of weeks with rabbits and QR codes and all this other stuff going on. Well, we did get the payoff. You know, the question was, you know, was it going to be during a match? Was it, uh, you know, going to cost somebody a match? Was it going to start a feud? Was it going to be this or that? Well, we'll get to that in just a moment here. Now, of course, uh, nowadays, and they did do it in the uh, Clash of the Castle show, but uh, most uh, WWE uh, premium live events, no pre-show matches. Nope. No longer uh, doing that. But uh, we had six matches on the card last night. Everything went over 10 minutes, believe it or not. And uh, we'll start off with uh, a fantastic match. The Brawling Brutes, that's uh, Seamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch taking on uh, Imperium, which, of course, is Goon Theory, your Intercontinental Champion, still retained from Friday, which is a pretty good match with Seamus. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni Vinci, and uh, hey, what a match. Uh, and this was the uh, good old-fashioned Johnny Brook match. So uh, what that meant was uh, it's going to be, you know, they, they had a bar around the ring. They had some barrels and stuff, which uh, Butch uh, jumped off of at one point. Uh, you had you know, the bar basically getting destroyed. It was a lot of destruction going on, you know, and everybody throughout the night. And they were pretty good about this. I mean, everybody pretty much had their own spots. You know, it wasn't a lot of the same, you know, table spots, if you will. Uh, I mean, they did one with the uh, with the broadcast table. With uh, Seamus uh, putting Gunther through it, which was a, a pretty cool spot. By the way, who would have thought, uh, you know, last year, I remember going to uh, SmackDown here in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, and, uh, you know, kind of seeing uh, Ridge Holland for the first time, you know, some of it just didn't make sense because he's a big, you know, Seamus fan. I'm like, like, what are they doing with this guy? And here we are a year later, and Seamus. The dude is so over right now. I don't remember Seamus when he was a face before being this over. But he is just, uh, I don't know if it's just respect or whatever else. Uh, but the guy is on fire right now. Uh, you know, and, and, and Ridge Holland and Butch are likable guys. You know, it's just uh, in, incredible. Um, and if you watch SmackDown on Friday, watch uh, the Seamus-Gunther uh, match. And just, you know, Seamus is getting a standing ovation. You know, I mean, a, a big pop. I mean, he is on fire right now. Uh, the match itself with the uh, Brawling Brutes and Imperium, fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I don't do star ratings other than the show, but the match itself. But if I were to do that, uh, I would, you know, easily four, four and a half stars. This match is entertaining. It had everything. 
it, it went back and forth so many ways. Uh, some incredible spots. Uh, Ridge Holland is one strong dude. Butch jumping off the barrels. Uh, you had uh, Imperium doing some incredible stuff outside the ring. Just uh, with her uh, finisher, uh, with Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni uh, Vinci, just doing some crazy stuff. And then the physicality of this match, man, it was just uh, wow. And uh, Sheamus uh, getting the win in the match there for the uh, Brawling Brutes. And uh, yeah, I don't know if this feud is done or what. I, I don't know where you go from here, but uh, but if this is like the payoff, fantastic. And uh you know, if you're going to watch one match from the show, that would be the match I would say to watch. It was it was highly entertaining. Good match. The uh, next match uh, was the uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Ronda Rousey uh, trying to recapture the title from champion Liv Morgan. Uh, you know, there's some good parts about this match, but I didn't like. It just seemed at the beginning, you know, Liv bringing out, like, the baseball bat and then just trying to go to it. I mean, not saying it wasn't, like, Characteristic. I know she's trying to like one up or whatever, and then and, and coming off of what happened on SmackDown on Friday, uh, but but I didn't like that part of it. Uh, I did. I thought they did some pretty good stuff at times. Uh, the chair spot didn't work only because chair didn't want to stay in place. Uh, but uh, kudos for Liv for delivering uh, quite the uh, the uh, the move onto the table on Ronda Rousey during the match, but she couldn't capitalize on that, and then uh, Ronda. Ended up uh, winning the title, uh, but they call it by a technical submission. Uh, Liv Morgan, who was smiling at the end. So there was that going on. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, and, and so I, I don't know if it's like a darker Liv Morgan coming out of this, but uh, but this after, you know, because the whole smiling thing, because they, they made sure to to point that out. And then if you go to WWE's YouTube channel, and that's popping up over the internet and everything, uh, there's a video they did, a short video, where they're trying to find uh, Liv Morgan backstage. And uh, and he just basically she's sitting in, in the dark and, and just has this weird look on her face when she looks up at uh, Megan Morant. And uh, so I don't know, you know, what's next for Liz? Or I should say Liv. Liv, what's next for Liv Morgan? Is there going to be a heel turn here? Is it going to be a darker thing? Is it going to be somebody who likes me? You know, I kind of like this extreme stuff, you know, and maybe she comes to this daredevil kind of thing. You know, I, I, I give her credit because those table spots and everything else, man, you know, it's not something we ever seen of her before. And, and maybe that's what she unleashes and everything because, you know, people want to like her. And maybe this darker side thing kind of changes everything. So uh, it was the best match of the ones they had. Was it a great match? It was okay. It was entertaining, uh, you know, especially uh, the end there. And, uh, again, Ronda is your new SmackDown Women's Championship. No surprise with that. Now, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, like, on, on, on a preview show that I say Liv was going to win. But uh, nobody's beaten Ronda three times. So, uh, there you go. Ronda, your new champion. We'll, we'll see who's next. A lot of stuff we can go into on SmackDown, considering how, how how built up that roster is now with the returning Selena Vega and everything else going on. Next match was the uh, strap match between Kerry and Cross, who had Scarlett with them. Uh, love the entrance, by the way. Because uh, this, this is WWE, I tell you what, kicked butt production-wise during Extreme Rules. And uh, you got Scarlett's entrance, or, uh, which is just focused on her. And then you don't even realize it until basically she's in the ring that, uh, oh, Kyrie Cross is right behind her. Now, you know, for those in the arena, you see what's going on. But, uh, man, I mean, it just a uh, great moment right there. The intro, you had Drew McIntyre, of course, who Kyrie Cross was taking on. 
And this match uh, started before there was a match. Uh, I, you know, carrying one, put the strap on. They fought in the crowd everywhere else. And then eventually uh, they, they started in the ring and went about 10 minutes there. Of course, after going about like 10 minutes outside the ring. And you had uh, Scarlet spraying some like pepper spray in Drew's eyes. Uh, you know, and then getting pinned by carrying cross there to uh, start that. This feud is far from over. Obviously, they've been going for a while here, but uh, there's going to be more to come with this. But, uh, you know, hats off to Karrion, too, for selling the uh, pepper spray. But, uh, no, you know, if it was pepper spray, everybody in the audience would be choking and everything else. But, uh, anyways, Karrion Cross wins, defeats Drew McIntyre, and everybody's talking about Scarlet. <laughs> uh, the next match was a ladder match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I thought this match was, was okay. You know, it, it got great at the end. So a, a lot of things, and maybe not so much this match, but maybe some other matches, could have used some trimming on time because, like, the ends were great. Uh, but Bianca uh, retains her uh, championship against Bailey in the ladder match and stuff. Uh, a couple things with this. You had uh, damage control coming out. I think basically getting destroyed by Bianca Belair. I, I mean, I guess... I don't know. Like, I mean, Bianca had to get the upper hand, but it, it just seemed to be like really easy for her there, where like she wasn't really in trouble. Uh, you know, there's a couple of spots where maybe Bailey was going to get it, and I would say this too. And I know they didn't do this for the spot, and I, and I kind of wish, uh, you know, the announcers pointed this out. Wish like Corey Graves would have said this, uh, but uh, when Bailey put the ladder over Bianca and she was climbing it, you know, she climbed on the opposite side that. Bianca was on, which I, I obviously had set up the spot, but I kind of wish Corey Grace pointed out. It's like, hey, she should be standing on the side that that Bianca is on just to keep more weight on that side. And, you know, but Bianca did her spot. I will say this. Uh, Bianca had the, the ladder and, and, and did the KSD with Bailey in the ladder in a spot I'd never seen before. It's very original for a ladder match because they, they broke a ladder. And this set up this spot later in the match. So great planning on that spot. A brutal-looking spot. There's another spot in the match, too, where I thought Bailey legitimately broke her arm, uh, where uh, Bianca Belair is laying across the ladder in the outside of the ring. And Bailey does her elbow. And, and it's just it's a brutal spot. Uh, just because, you know, that ladder's, you know, going to get so much to give, and it's not always going to break. And uh, it just looked painful for both of them. And I thought, like, man, for a second, I thought she broke her arm. And I'm like, oh, no, not another injury. But uh, but entertaining match, uh, especially at the end there with Bianca retaining your uh, Raw Women's Championship. Now, the next match, I didn't like the first, like, 20 minutes of this match. The I Quit match between Finn Balor and Edge. This is a match that needed trimming. And I'm going to go off on the tangent here for a second. But, uh, man, some of Edge's matches... They go too long because his match with Randy Orton at, uh, at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, the uh, last man standing match, which I'm going to say was one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time, uh, just because it just went on and on and on, and it was torture, and it's never going to be a match I'm going to watch again. Yeah, uh, this was kind of like that at the beginning and everything else. Uh, the fighting through the crowd, a lot of stuff going on there, and um, you know, you kind of figured, okay, well, people are going to get involved at some point. So now this is just the get there kind of moment. And, uh, you know, that's where kind of the, a couple of these matches were kind of were tonight. Okay, entertaining show, 
but a couple of things you're kind of like, okay, let's go. And that's what was going on here. So, you know, you had to wait for Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio to show up. And, of course, Ray Mysterio came down. No AJ Styles, by the way. And uh, But you did get uh, Beth Phoenix. But uh, this this is where it got great. This is where I think everybody was, was knew it was going to go somewhere. And everything I talked about with how the show or how this match was going to end, this is where uh, I, the one they might not think of was uh, Beth Phoenix. You know, I was thinking, like, well, there's got to be a situation where uh, somebody's going to be peril and, 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 and Edge is uh, going to say, uh, I quit just so something doesn't happen. And of course, it does happen anyway. But I was thinking, oh, it's going to happen maybe with Ray Mysterio because, like, Dominic's going to do something very vicious to his dad if Eddie doesn't or if Edge doesn't say, I quit. But uh, with that sequence and everything with uh, Beth showing up, uh, you had the handcuffs with Rhea, uh, putting the handcuffs on Edge and everything. And then, uh, you know, Beth getting the keys back. And then the some crazy spots. You had Edge uh, basically returning the favor to Dominic for what he did for him at the Clash of the Castle and everything. And then you had uh, Beth Phoenix get beat up by Rhea. And they set up the chair spot, the concerto, where uh, they had Beth laid out. And then you had, uh, you know, Edge uh, there being held by everybody and then being forced to say, I quit. And that didn't stop Rhea Ripley at all. Rhea <laughs> did the concerto uh, on Beth Phoenix and uh, put her out. And uh, I, I don't know who's the biggest heel right now at WWE, but I'm going to say Rhea Ripley. Uh, the last couple of months for her have been fantastic with this whole Dominic thing. And now doing this, the crowd booed the heck out of her and and Judgment Day. And uh, Finn Balor gets the win here, uh, needed the win. And uh, what a turnaround for Judgment Day in the last couple of months. I don't know if that's a Triple H thing or whatever else, but uh, it's just uh, it's been much better. Now, you know, this match I thought was long, but the ending, the payoff was worth it. So if, if you're going to watch this show, I mean, you could probably skip like the first, like, I don't know, like 14, 15 minutes. I mean, once when they go out of the ring, go through the crowd, you're not missing anything there. And then when they get back, that that's where business picks up when everybody shows up with uh, Judgment Day. And, uh, yeah, so the story there, you know, setting up something. I mean, you know, and finally gives somebody Rhea, uh, a chance to fight somebody because they kind of like they pulled her away from Bianca right now because she's got all this going on and you don't want to. She doesn't need that match. You know, she will. Not right now. Let her do this other stuff. Let it let, build up to that match against Bianca Belair. Because, you know, that's going to that's gonna be fantastic when we get there. But let's get to this other stuff first with Edge and Beth Phoenix, because that's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see. But So after the match, uh, it is kind of weird because, like, everybody shows up in the ring, but there's no EMTs. Uh, and Edge uh, trying to get to uh, the help and everything for Beth Phoenix. And then. We get to our main event of the evening. Oh, by the way, uh, no surprises yet. You know, maybe some, maybe you might have seen a rabbit throughout the show, whatever else. But it's the fight pitch, uh, fight pit match between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins. Daniel Cormier was your special guest referee. They took out the uh, ring ropes for this match. And then they put down a cage with an interesting platform up on top. And the, the rules were you had to be in the ring to be counted out or submitted. But if you're up in the platform or whatever else, uh, that was not going to be the case. So that was their workaround. There were some spots. And I thought this was like an odd placement of the card. I think one of it was uh, two reasons. One, you know, it's the old 
fence cage match. So you, you can see, you know, so much as of this. I mean, they didn't have a cameraman in the ring. Uh, second, everybody's anticipating Bray Wyatt showing up. You know, they're, they're expecting at some point. So I think a lot of people weren't maybe into this match. I, I don't know. I don't know what match you would close the show out with. Because uh, I think you need, you need to face winning. And I don't know if the ladder match was going to be in that spot. Uh, because maybe people would be thinking, like, you know, that uh, Alexa was going to show up or something. But she wasn't on the show. Uh, and neither was Oscar. They played the injury angle there. Uh, but obviously that's going to, you know, change. We'll see what happens on Monday. But I think but this match, it was just really weird. And I get it because they had to take the ropes out and everything. So they needed to do this match, you know, last or either first. Um but it just kind of, I don't know, it just wasn't a bad match. But it just felt out of place where it was. Uh, but there were some spots. You know, they climbed up. They went to the platform, did a couple things. Uh, there was a spot, which was a pretty brutal spot, where uh, Matt Riddle uh, did one of his uh, moves onto F- Seth Rollins. The uh, floating Broton. That was a, a vicious-looking spot. But we had a couple of RKOs in this match. You had uh, Seth Rollins doing the uh, buckle bomb, if you will. Up on the upper level, uh, Cormier uh, uh, basically you know, called the match down the middle. Both wrestlers got involved with him, didn't like some things he was doing. and um, But there you go. So, yeah, he yeah, hits the floating proton, and then he, he does uh, tap out Seth Rollins. Riddle wins the match. And, uh, by the way, also during the match, uh, before I forget, uh, he had a couple of uh, tributes uh, from Seth Rollins to RVD, you know, uh, Rob Van Dam. Uh, part of it was... Uh, you know, they're in Philly. You know, there was no ECW chance. Uh, but you had plenty of moments for that uh, last night, unless, unless I missed that. Uh, but you had, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, uh, the outfit, and then also doing the, uh, the you know, the thumbs as well. So that was uh, one of the things <laughs> to be on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Seth Rollins uh, doing the whole tribute there to uh, to Rob Van Dam. But that uh, floating uh, bro, t- uh, man, that is uh, one heck of a, a, a move right there that uh, I didn't expect to see, man. That, that's pretty high up because that's a little bit taller than the steel cage right there. And I thought he underjumped for a second, but uh, he nailed it. But it just looked so painful. So, you know, Riddle's walking off. Match is over. Pay-per-view. Uh, well, the graphic comes up. Like, so, like, the show's over. And, uh, of course, uh, he rocks off. Then all the lights go out. And then Michael Cole's like, hey, are we still on the air? You know, doing the fake ending kind of thing. Kind of like they did at Clash of the Castle. So maybe that they were setting up for this. You know, kind of like, well, we're just going to keep rolling like we did last time. And uh, and there you go. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, it gets dark and you get the voice. You know, he's got the whole world in his hands. And the production elements right here were some of the best WWE has ever done. And it's dark in the arena. I mean, you got the lights on, you know, the cell phone lights, everything else. And then at one part, you go over, and, you know, there's the pig in the audience. And then it cuts, and everything's dark again. And it cuts somewhere else. You know, there's uh, one of the buzzards. Uh, you had one of the other characters from the funhouse. And then, you know, you go back to the stage, and there's a door on the stage and everything else. And the door opens up, and out comes Bray Wyatt. Holding the lantern. Maybe it's the old Bray Wyatt, I guess, you know, pre-fiend. I guess we'll see what happens. He's there. Blows out the lantern. Some people say it was a botch, the timing. Uh, that's him. Uh, anyways, uh, blows it out. End of the show. Very, 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 very loud pop. 
it was uh, hugely over some of the some of the biggest pops in, in wrestling ever um, in that particular moment right there. So the payoff was great. What's next? I don't know. He didn't attack anybody, which I thought was good. Didn't take away any attention from that. He closed the show. Came out, did his thing. You saw my camera for like two seconds, and that was it. And the crowd loved it. Now is he going to show up on Raw? Is he going to show up on SmackDown? He's going to show up somewhere. Had that very long entrance. We'll see where there's where this goes. You know, his matches, uh, depending on the character, wasn't always great. But I'll say this too: as much as people love the Undertaker, there are some '90s Taker matches which uh, were not always great, and uh, some are good. And then some, you know, Bray has an Undertaker-like character. I mean, he's kind of been like the new Undertaker for the last what six or seven years now. Uh, but the matches have always been mixed, especially the Fiend character because he. Kind of ruined a lot of guys. I mean, Daniel Bryan kind of survived that. But, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, uh, The Miz, where just things were just uh, kind of odd. So we'll see how this gets handled. This is uh, Triple H's version of uh, Bray Wyatt, if you will. And we'll uh, we'll see where this goes. We'll see if there's a bump in the ratings, you know, because maybe people are mad that he got released or whatever else. And we'll see. But there, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I mean, a lot of people returning in WWE, a lot of faces we haven't seen. And. A lot, a lot of debuts from NXT. You know, Shotzi got her tank back. Why did they get rid of that? I don't know. Um, it's about, well, we know why, but it's back because <laughs> we saw that SmackDown on Friday. There's a lot there. You know, you got the, you know, like we didn't even get anything with the bloodline on the show. You know, I, I mean, the state nation WWE, they built up enough where they can do this. This has always been the challenge when you're relying on the same, you know, two or three people to carry your show. You, I thought you had a pretty good show here with Extreme Rules. Uh, you know, I, I said this the match placements is kind of weird at the end, but, but I guess with something coming, and because of the type of match it is, I guess that's where you have to put it with Riddle and Seth Rollins. But, I mean, good job, everybody, in the show. Uh, you know, it was entertaining. I'm going to give it like a 7.5, a 8 uh, kind of rating. And that end, um, you know, I, you can watch every match. I mean, some of them, like, with you know, with uh, – Karrion Cross and Drew, you can kind of wait till the match officially starts. Uh, Finn Balor and Edge, maybe wait until, you know, you're like 15 minutes in that match. That was a 30-minute match. A lot going on there. Uh, and then, you know, right on Seth Rollins, you know, like good match. You know, the crowd, you know, whining Bray Wyatt. They got it. They just had to wait a few minutes. Hey, by the way, WWE's changed up their TV shows when it comes to uh, the announcers and everything. And I don't know if you caught that. On SmackDown, uh, and we'll find out in Raw, Tom Brown, too, how it all goes. But uh, Wade Barrett's now on SmackDown with Michael Cole. You know, we'll see at least when Pat McAfee returns. He's doing college game day right now. Uh, you got to Megan Moran and uh, Kayla Braxton, your backstage interviewers. Uh, Kevin uh, Patrick, who was, uh, you know, he's the backstage interview. He's not going to be working with Corey Graves. And then Byron Saxon moves uh, backstage. And then Kathy Kelly is uh, back to work backstage as well. So we'll see how that goes. Is uh, I know Patrick's done some other shows, but uh, he's going to be there doing it. Jimmy Smith is out. So I don't know if that's just uh, you know timing-wise, if the contract is up or whatever else, but uh, he's no longer in WWE. So there you go. That's some of the changes. SmackDown is pretty entertaining. I mean, if you're going back and watching it, there's a lot of – not related stuff to extreme rules because um, you got the bloodline and everything else going on there. You did have, 
you know, Sheamus and uh, Gunther wrestle. So go go watch that if you haven't seen it. I mean, I already know the outcome, uh, but uh, it's still worth watching that match and just see how over Sheamus is. Plus, uh, you have the returning uh, Zelina Vega and the debut of Legato del Fantasmo Fantasma on the uh, show. So there you go. Uh, you know, I, I knew she was coming back, but I didn't know she was going to be with uh, with the new stable and stuff. But good for her. She's a good spokesperson. You know, it was great when she was with Andrade. They must have that. Oh, and Ellie Knight is back, too. So much going on, man. I mean, they got a lot going on with their segments. Uh, it is different. Uh, one thing that is different, too, on the WWE, if you watch Raw or SmackDown, and maybe it's just because of Hulu, but they cut out a lot of entrances. You know, because a lot of times, you know, the wrestler would come down before commercial break, get the long entrance in, and then to go to commercial. And then, you know, if you're at the show, the, the wrestler just standing in the ring waiting to come back. Well, they've changed that now. And uh, it, it changed the flow quite a bit. So a lot going on. Nice to see you, uh, Zelina, back. Uh, no longer the queen, by the way. And uh, we'll see where that goes. So there's there's a lot going on at WWE right now. Uh, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. A lot going on at AEW. Of course, they got some backstage locker room drama uh, as well with uh, Punk being gone and, uh, you know, and everything else. And then uh, you had Andrade being sent home. A lot, a, lot, a lot of backstage stuff. So some other good stuff. They got good ratings right now. There's a lot going on. Now, here's one thing I will say this. Um, the matches on Extreme Rules, you know, all, all these kind of gimmicky matches and everything. I hate to use the word gimmicky, but uh, they all had a build to them. The six-man tag match uh, with the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, that match worked. No blood, by the way, you know, in this kind of match. Because you know when the guys busted open, it was AEW. But you had a program that was coming, you know, I'm assuming to an end. But this was a payoff. It wasn't like, it's the, hey, we're just going to have six random guys fight and there's going to be all these things going on. Just because we're going to do plunder because everybody likes tables and all this other stuff and, and spot in the spot fest and whatever else. This was a, a story that was told. There was physicality and it all went well with the characters and, and everything else. This wasn't just a, uh, oh, we're just going to. You know, beat each other up, and uh, you know, even though uh, we don't have a feud or anything going on, you know, this had to pay off. You know, every every match in this card: Bianca Belair, Bailey, Finn Balor, Edge. Obviously, that got amped up. Uh, same with Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre, Ronda and Liv been feuding since SummerSlam. Matt Riddle and Seth Freakin' Rollins been feuding forever. So there you go. I, everything had to pay off there. Six matches, very physical and entertaining show. Yeah, again, seven and a half, eight. Where I'm going with that one. So, anyways, that that is your review of WWE's Extreme Rules, and uh, you know their uh, Survivor Series is uh, going to be coming up. We got Halloween Havoc from NXT on the twenty uh, second, and they got Crown Jewel on the fifth, and then they got Survivor Series War Games coming up on the twenty sixth. There's a lot of action going on. That's the WWE. Of course, AEW's got their uh, big shows, but they always, you know, their Battle of the Belts and everything else. But it seems like every week they have a themed show. For AEW, um, which they probably don't need to do. Anyways, uh, there you go. That is your review. Thanks for checking us out. Again, Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a review. Facebook and Twitter, ESPR99. And then you got uh, FM99.com, 1069fox.com. Anywhere you listen to the wrestling podcast. Check it out. There you go. You can follow, uh, check out some previous interviews. Uh, we've done it on the show quite a bit. You can check out. So again, my name is uh, Dave Taylor. 
Have a great weekend. And as always, make sure you eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat.